Hello everyone and welcome to our Franchise Radio Show. Um, this week we've got another exciting episode for you where I've managed to secure Peter Crew Brown. Peter's got a fascinating background um, and he's here to help you discover whether you can uh, receive any, um, uh, any, any, any claims or any rebates for research and development under the tax incentive scheme. So whilst I know very little about this at all, that's the reason I've got Peter here, I'll give you the background because it may well be that you're eligible to get some benefits, so probably worth listening. Um, Peter is basically is an R&D consultant. Um, he's got a background as a consultant to SMEs in the area of financial accounting, management advisory, and strategy for emerging companies, uh, companies across all industries. He's, uh, he's very highly qualified, been a member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants for 25 years, and got a star-studded history. Actually, he's worked with PwC as Price Waterhouse Coopers, and he was CFO with a number of top-profile companies and worked with people like Ford Motor Company, AT&T, Toyota. So gained a huge amount of experience over the years and in many countries. So um, with his background and his knowledge with a number of uh, clients, areas like engineering, manufacturing, that sort of thing, um, that's where he can help you if you've got an opportunity with research and development grants. So few questions I'd like to go into, but Peter, welcome today. Great to have you here. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for your time. Not at all. So before we go into any depth, I wonder whether you can whet the listeners' appetites just by explaining in a nutshell just what these grants are and, and what they're called. Okay, Brian. Yes, look, um, the grant that I deal with is actually called a um, Research and Development Tax Incentive and it's uh, offered by an organization called Oz Industry, uh, which is a government organization broadly under the umbrella of the Australian Tax Office. So it is part of the tax um, legislation, and um, it is an incentive to encourage Australian companies uh, that are providing cutting-edge um, goods and services to further develop their expertise, and the government provides some reasonably generous um, monies to those organizations. So in terms of the way this operates, um, it provides companies with actual um, cash into their bank account. It's not a, um, a credit amount, so if you qualify for the R&D tax incentive, you actually receive the money into your account. And I do call it a tax incentive as opposed to a grant, and the reason for this is that grants typically are added back into your taxable income. So if you like, you receive the money from the government and then they take some of it back in the form of um, including in your income. Whereas yeah. the tax incentive is um, an amount you receive and it's after-tax money effectively. So what you receive is what you keep. Wow. So, that's that's yeah. very attractive, isn't it? That's, uh, that should have everybody's lips wetted, I think. So... <laughs> That's that's I didn't realise that. So here we go. All right. Yeah. No. No. It's it's definitely something which um, many companies um, should know about and don't know about. And uh, it is one of those things which is uh, looks too good to be true, and it actually is too good to be true because uh, if you qualify, you get the money, and uh, there's an absolute eligibility criteria. Unlike many grants which are competitive, this is an entitlement, which means you, if you qualify, you get the money. Right, so let's dig a bit deeper. I think I'm not the only one who's interested in hearing the answers to these questions I've got for you. So 
Okay, you you covered that very clearly. Thanks. So what expenditure or, or items can actually be claimed then, Peter? Um, there's broadly three main um, categories of expenditure can, that can be claimed um, and that we call eligible research and development expenditure. Um, the one that is most common and typically comprises at least half of most claims I've been involved with is um, direct labour. So any time spent by um, typically the owner of the business or the inventor in the business or the person who deals with the technical aspect of that business and any of his staff um, or any staff generally in the organisation to the extent that there is um, record keeping that can indicate that the projects involved in research, research and development um, have had the uh, efforts of these people, as I said, typically the owner and other people involved in research and development, their time is then included as direct labour. So if, for example, you've got a few projects going on, Typically, there is some record keeping, like all tax things. There's a requirement for substantiation. But um, once you've been doing this uh, for a year or two, um, the process for setting up the record keeping is not particularly onerous. It just requires records of how much time was spent in and which days on each of the projects for which you're claiming the research and development. And typically, we help clients to set those processes up in the first year, sometimes some retrospective uh, record um, maintenance is involved, um, but any time spent on those activities can be claimed. And I must stipulate, um, many companies think if they spent a whole bunch of time on a, a project that um, they necessarily get that cost back, but it needs to be costs that have been paid through the company. So you either have to have been paid a wage, which is most common, or else if... Um, uh, the owner of the company has a separate organization that he does his consulting through. There needs to be a charge that goes through the profit and loss account of the company. So if the company maintains um, the records and charges those uh, labor costs through the profit and loss account, that's the first main component, direct labor. Oh, the second, yeah, mm -hmm. the second component is uh, direct costs, and that would include things such as um, any travel costs uh, traveling anywhere in the world or within Australia to undertake um, research activities might be attending a trade show, um, also the direct costs of engaging external consultants, which is quite common in, in uh, information technology where you would engage uh, an independent company to um, provide your programming, cutting the code. So those costs which are directly associated with the R&D activities can be claimed 100%, and we call those direct overheads. So that's the second category. And then the third category, um, the ATO allows companies to claim a proportion of expenses based on a thing called the labor ratio, typically, um, as part of its ex eligible expenditure. And labor ratio is broadly the proportion that um, the R&D wages is as a percentage of total wages. So if you're spending across the company 40% of all your um, labor cost uh, on R&D, then you can claim 40% of certain indirect costs, including things like admin wages, um, rent costs, and other costs associated with the normal activities of the business. So those are the three categories, direct labor, direct um, 
other overheads and indirect um, expenses. Well, that's pretty pretty straightforward. So this is sounding more and more attractive. So what what's the key criteria to qualify then? Well, like many things um, um, in the tax area, there is an element of uh, uh, grey, if you like, in terms of qualifying. It's not necessary. It's not always obvious, and as a result, many companies don't qualify. But Broadly, um, the term that is most common used is that there needs to be an element of risk associated with the activities. And by that, uh, the authorities uh, mean both technical risk, and that's risk that what you've undertaken by way of uh, developing either a service or, or a new product, um, there's risk that the outcome won't uh, be achieved. In other words, there's a risk of failure. Mm-hmm. So if you're undertaking something uh, that's never been done before, it's usually uh, possible to demonstrate that um, the outcome is uncertain. And as soon as you've got those um, that situation where the outcome is uncertain, um, then you can, in, cl- in fact, claim the R&D. And one of the other tests that is commonly applied is whether the information, in other words, the services, in the case of uh, information technology, or the product that is being developed, whether it's available in a public domain. And I guess with the advent of the Internet, the public domain usually means can you find details of what you're producing on the Internet or in some other public domain, uh, in a book or um, in some other place. And if, if it's not available in the public domain, and there's this uh, technical and financial risk, so there's an element of uncertainty about what you're doing, then broadly those are, if you like, the generic uh, requirements to qualify for the uh, research and development. Okay. You mentioned about IT there, but uh, what are the main industries that are, tend to be eligible from your experience that uh, can, get, can, you know, can get the benefit of these tax incentives, Peter? Um, look, there's information published each year by Oz Industry, this organisation that administers the, um, the registration of uh, R&D, and um, according to their um, statistics, about 40% of R&D is resources, which doesn't necessarily uh, help companies uh, based on the East Coast as much. There's a lot of companies in WA that claim uh, research and development in the resource sector. Um, another big um, part of the R&D is claimed by um, companies doing information technology, um, programming. That's about a third of all R&D. So between those two, there's about 70% uh, of R&D. So that's between information technology and resources. But the other one which has, I guess, broader application is manufacturing and um, uh, engineering companies. So any company that's making something or doing something um, can claim. So if you're an agent just on selling a product, that's clearly not research and development. Uh, if you've um, you know got a business that's um, selling something that's been made overseas, um, that typically can't be done unless you're adding something uh, in the form of engineering, some form of manufacturing, some value add, if you like, to a product that's previously been uh, brought into the country. Right. So if I was bringing product in, knocked down, and assembling it and branding it, for example, would something like that be eligible? Not just a pure assembly. So uh, a pure assembly is not regarded as adding, 
if you like, um, innovation or um, a process to to a product. So it needs to be something w uh, creative. In other words, you're oh, doing yeah. something new and different. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, all right. So um, if 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 you look at this and you say, well, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, I may be eligible, there's probably a few things you need to line up so that you do qualify beyond the things you've mentioned. So what sort of business, is there a particular sort of business structure? Do the, is this only available for public companies or private companies? What's the, uh, what's the arrangement? Yeah, Brian, this is a good question because um, I guess many new people into this industry um, get really excited about the opportunity and then they find out that, uh, there are specific um, guidelines on, on on what structure is required. So you have to have a company, either public or private, in order to claim um, the R&D. So if you've got a family trust, for example, or a partnership, or even a sole trader, uh, you can't claim the research and development tax incentive. So we do have organizations that we work with where their structure is not that important and for some reason they've set it up for um, for tax purposes as a, as a family trust. And if there's no compelling reason uh, not to change it into a company, uh, sometimes organizations do that to claim the R&D. So you need to have a company that's important, either public or private. Okay. Um, I, I was going to ask you, why it was called a tax incentive, but I guess you explained that at the beginning there from the point of view of you actually get that lump sum that's paid into your account from the ATO or Oz Industry, uh, yes. which, is, which is not a taxable figure. Does that address that question, does it? So you yes, very much so. Okay. So okay. there are things, for example, the Export Market Development Grant, which is quite well known, uh -huh. and that uh, is paid to you and then included in your taxable income and the tax tax at 30% currently. So this uh, money that is received is uh, not taxed any further. You receive it, and what you get is what you keep. I'm with you. Do you get involved in those other types of grants as well at all, export market development grants or anything like that? Yes, Brian. Okay. The short answer is that I have helped companies with that uh, particular grant. It is... Um, probably um, less attractive in many ways because it is limited in the number of times you can claim it. Uh, currently, you can claim it in eight on eight different occasions, uh, whereas the um, R&D tax incentive can be claimed indefinitely. And okay. uh, it's been around for about 30 years now, and um, if you've been eligible every year for 30 years, you could claim it every year. I'm with you. Okay. So um, you mentioned Oz Industry. Um, and, and the tax office. So, who actually monitors or runs the, um, the the program from the point of view of you know administrating it, checking it? I guess. I mean, you'll have people out there who are verifying your figures and so forth. I imagine. Yes. So it's kind of a two-stage process. Um, the day-to-day -day administration of the tax incentive is by Oz Industry, which is a government organisation. So the two-stage process I speak of is, first of all, an application, uh, which is an online process, and um, that's, I guess, probably the most important step in the whole process and the one that we help companies with. Uh, it requires certain um, narrative information primarily be included in an application form, and the information is primarily the objectives of the, um, the R&D, um, the new knowledge that you create from what you've done, getting back to, you know, you have to demonstrate that 
you have created something new and different, and clearly being an agent is not doing that. So you have to be doing something um, creative or innovative. And then the third component of that application is documentation of various um, activities, both core and supporting, and those are terms used in the form. So that application needs to be made each year, and it needs to be done 10 months after the year end. So for a typical Australian company, the application needs to be lodged with Oz Industry by the 30th of April of the year following the, um, the reporting date. Oh, and uh, that application, if it's successful, uh, and if it's presented properly, and I guess that's why we would encourage companies to use a consultant, if it's presented in terms of the legislation, it usually takes about two weeks to get um, uh, an application number, and that number is then used in the um, tax return, which is the second stage of the process, so that the application number together with certain um, financial information along the lines of what I said before, the various um, categories of expenditure are reported uh, in your tax return uh, as part of your annual tax reporting and the money is then reimbursed once the tax return has been processed and that tax return as most people would know goes to the tax office as opposed to Oz Industry. So Oz Industry look at the narrative to make sure that you meet the criteria and the tax office typically looks at the figures to make sure that they all make sense and that um, if they've got questions that you've got supporting um, information um, to provide the substantiation in our tax system, which as most people know is, um, is self-regulating, so it's right. self-assessment. Okay, that's interesting. Now earlier you were mentioning about um, the, the parameters that you're allowed to claim, so it could be labour and and other direct costs and so forth, so long as they were um, attributable to that particular element of the research and development, and that they did, they could be, they could be isolated, I guess, within the account. So they had to be processed through your through the expenditure of your profit and loss. Um, yes, uh, yeah. So I guess because it's all part of the tax system, uh, in order to be able to claim the costs, you need to have incurred them. So effectively, the way the allowance works is that. If you spend, um, let's say, $10,000 on direct wages, you effectively get a deduction of uh, $15,000. That's the way the calculation works. So the government allows you a further 50% uh, of that expenditure as a claim. Um, so the way it works broadly is 15% um, of the expenditure is the amount you get back from the government. Uh, in the form of this tax incentive. Okay. So if you've spent a total of 100000 in all different categories of eligible expenditure, you'll get back $15,000 in cash into your bank account, and you, as I said, get to keep all of that. Okay. Um, there is one other thing that I could touch on briefly if we've got time. Please do. In terms of the calculation. So um, as many people would know, um, in new companies, um, often those companies would um, uh, operate at a tax loss for the first few years of existence. And the way the tax incentive works is um, it allows you to bring forward your tax losses. So as I mentioned, normally the tax incentive is calculated at 15% of the expenditure. In the event of a tax loss, you claim the equivalent of 45% of the expenditure. So that makes it extremely generous. So uh, if your total expenditure is 
100,000, which is, in my experience, a fairly typical number for um, a smaller company doing R&D. So if they've got 100,000 of expenditure, the um, tax office allows them to get uh, $45,000 back into their bank account. So they're using up their tax losses in advance. And the benefit, if you like, of that for small companies, as most people would know, is cash is everything when you're starting up. And sure. this allowance allows companies, once they've spent the money, so this is a retrospective, you have to spend the money, and then you can get back as much as 45% of that expenditure uh, by way of a cash uh, refund um, the following year. Okay, so you mentioned that you claim it annually in sort of April, by by end of April, something like that each year for the previous financial year. Um, Correct. How far back can you go with these retrospective claims, Peter? Um, look, Brian, um, the way this um, system works is that once the 10-month um, deadline passes, so, for example, we're currently um, working on the 30 June 2014 uh, tax return for most companies. Mm -hmm. uh, once the 10-month uh, deadline, which would be 30 April 2015, uh, once that date uh, passes, you can no longer claim uh, eligible expenditure. So any companies out there that may have eligible expenditure, they've got another four and a half months from today uh, up until 30 April before they can, um, um, before the cutoff date for claiming the money. So once that date passes, you can't go back. But once you've registered, um, so if you were to register and um, you've already lodged a tax return, you can lodge an amended tax return. So long as you've claimed uh, or made the lodgement to Oz Industry by 30 April. I'm with you. And yeah. you can lodge for the financial year 2013-2014. Yes. And so forth rolling forward. So Correct. Okay. So you've got 10 All months right. after the year-end date. After mm. that date, uh, you pretty much lost that opportunity. Um, just, just asking you a question here for the aid of the listeners who are generally smaller to medium-sized businesses and whilst they're franchised or looking at franchising, they're all manner of disciplines from service businesses, consulting to... To, uh, to to maybe in installations of equipment and that type of thing, um, and so on. Yes. Are the sort of conventional businesses, if you like, looking beyond the sort of what I imagine being the larger manufacturers and so on, or perhaps predominantly the people who claim. Um, well, in your experience, in the sort of small to medium-sized business market, what sort of what sort of day-to-day -day businesses may be eligible? Um, well. You know, I mean, I, I can give you some examples of companies I've worked with. Um, I've done a claim for a company that's that's a foundry. Uh, I've done um, a lot of work with companies in IT, uh, and that includes companies that do integration, which is fairly typical in IT. So if you've got an existing software package and you have to develop a bridge, if you like, between that package and some other process within an organization, that can all be claimed. Uh, I've got a company that works uh, with organic olive oil, so they've developed a revolutionary process for that. Uh, and then any number of manufacturing companies, any company that makes something, uh, be it a machine to produce um, widgets or be it an actual widget itself. So if you produce a widget that's different and hasn't been produced in that fashion uh, or with that design before. So anything that you make or any service you provide, um, 
you know, whatever it might be, uh, would, would qualify as long as it is, as I said, innovative and it's not been done in that way before. Okay. So, um, that, that's, uh, it still indicates it's a fairly broad parameter and it's obviously worth doing a bit of research, um, to find out. Is that likely to be a lengthy process from the point of view of just determining whether, you know, whether a business maybe, if, for example, I wanted to look into my business to see whether any aspects of what I do um, may be eligible for one of these grants, is it a lengthy process just to explore it and see whether it, see whether you're likely to be eligible before you spend time, you know, putting a submission together and so forth? Yes. Um, Brian, look, um, what I typically do with companies that um, believe they may be eligible is um, I would usually either uh, by phone call or if they're close to where I am uh, in a meeting, um, be able to tell within um, no more than an hour, it could take as little as 30 minutes. Um, once I've had a discussion with the owner of the business, and this is all part of the exploratory process, so it's certainly not part of um, you know, a chargeable situation. So I would ask the owner to be, uh, a number of questions, and those would be geared towards understanding their activities and making sure that there is innovation involved, and once I can establish uh, with a level of comfort that the company is undertaking um, research and development, I would then spend some time with them just to get a sense of uh, how much expenditure has been incurred. The minimum amount you have to spend to make a claim is 20000 um, and if you're in tax loss, 20000 minimum would get you back $9,000, which just about makes it worthwhile. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are in profit and you've got the minimum amount, that gets you uh, $3,000, which is typically not um, sufficient, in my view, to make the claim, because obviously we charge a, uh, a fee which we think is fair, but once you've paid our fee, there's very little left. So, yeah, it, the, those are the two main things I would establish in an initial uh, conversation with the owner of the business. First of all, that they qualify, and second of all, trying to, to get a, um, a, a ballpark figure of the eligible expenditure. And that would – I've never been in a situation where it's taken me more than uh, an hour to establish those two things. I'm with you. Okay, so it's pretty, it's pretty quick. So that's yeah. interesting. There is that minimum of expenditure of 20000 of, of claimable expenditure. Yeah, eligible R&D expenditure. Mm -hmm. And okay. um, as I said, if the company's in loss, that is can be justified, but – if not, you'd want the minimum expenditure to be a bit more than that. And okay. usually I would speak to the client in that meeting and get a sense of how much expenditure is involved and we'd talk about uh, how much they'd get back, uh, depending on whether they're in tax loss or not. Uh, we'd discuss my fees and then we'd say, well, based on uh, what we now know, this is the likely outcome and then the decision is made to proceed with the claim. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's excellent. I think we've probably covered as much as we can in this conversation without getting down to specifics, which would be appropriate for any individual or any individual business. So, um, what I'd like to do is, um, at this stage, say I've, I've enjoyed this. I've learned a lot actually in our conversation. So, I certainly know a couple of people that I'm going to introduce to you to just see whether they in fact are eligible, because obviously it's worthwhile if you spent those sorts of money you can get some quite good returns on it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, Brian, that's definitely the case. And I'll just throw this one um, thing in on that particular matter. Oz Industry knows that in the most recent year, 
that um, that the um, R and D was claimed, which would be June 13, because June 14 is in the process of of um, working itself through. Um, about 10,400 companies claimed the R and D, and in their estimate, there's about 20,000 eligible companies in Australia. So that means that only uh, 50% of companies that are eligible are in fact claiming this money, and that's largely through ignorance. And you know, I talked about possibly companies you know. There'd be a, many of them out there that would be eligible and are simply unaware of this um, tax incentive. Okay, so um, I appreciate you. You, as you mentioned, you you do this research and application for people on a fee basis. But it sounds like you qualify it first to make sure you're pretty comfortable, as you say, that uh, it's going to uh, it's going to stand up when it comes to the submission. So, Absolutely, um, yeah. if if you'd like to explore a bit further, how can our listeners? perhaps getting in contact with you. Are you happy for people to, to touch base with you and just ask a few questions? Yeah, look, Brian, what I do um, as a standard is um, I have, a, 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 I guess, a standard process, and you know, I certainly make this offer to your listeners, that uh, I provide a um, complimentary initial consultation with the owners of small businesses that uh, think they may be eligible, and uh, this will involve you know, up to an hour of my time uh, to discuss the business, just to establish that eligibility, and just to see whether there's um, a sufficient expenditure to uh, justify the claim. So, yeah, um, I'm very happy for any company that may um, qualify, if the owner thinks they are doing some level of innovation, to contact me. Um, we do have a website, um, and um, I could give that to you if that would help, Brian. Yeah, please, certainly do. Okay, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, it's obviously www.therandconsultancy.com.au. So that's www.therandconsultancy.com.au. So we've got um, some information about the consultants who work with us and a little bit about this. Uh, you can obviously go on the internet and um, type in Oz Industry and you'd get a little bit further information on the things I've spoken with you about. But uh, I would strongly encourage you to contact me uh, either by email, and that's peter at the r&dconsultancy.com.au uh, or alternatively on my mobile phone, 0408 and uh, I'd be very happy to have an initial chat with you. Uh, if you live um, on the East Coast, uh, I'm based in Sydney, but often up in uh, Queensland, I also get down to Victoria a fair bit. Uh, and I've got some partners uh, based in Melbourne and um, also in Perth. So between us, we can certainly uh, have an initial conversation and if need be, uh, even a meeting. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for that. I'll make that information readily available for people so they know. So um, I'd like to just wrap that up now and say that's that's great. I've really enjoyed the information I've certainly picked up, and um, particularly with regards to the sorts of businesses that are eligible, the sorts of direct labour costs, which is interesting, and, of course, those key elements of what the minimum amounts are. So what I'd like to say, thank you very much indeed, Peter. I do appreciate you making the time available today. It's been great talking with you through this uh, through the interview and learning a bit more about R&D consultancy and um, tax incentives. 
Thank you. Yeah, Brian, look, it's my pleasure. And, uh, yeah, um, I hope your listeners have learned something as well. And uh, I love the opportunity to explore the um, the um, uh, incentive with any of your um, your listeners. Excellent. Okay, thank you, everybody. Look forward to uh, being in touch with you again when we have our next Franchise Radio Show. Welcome to the Franchise Radio Show.